0: Practical Wisdom with Scott Allen.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this beautiful world. My name is Scott Allen, and I am the host of Phronesis, Practical Wisdom for Leaders. I am an associate professor of management at John Carroll University in Cleveland, Ohio, USA. I'm an author, an entrepreneur, a speaker, a nonprofit founder, and the host of two podcasts. I'm also a husband and dad of three. You just heard from Kate, my daughter, who wrote and performed the Phronesis intro. Phronesis offers a smart, fast-paced discussion on all things leadership. My guests are scholars and practitioners, and we cover timely, relevant topics and incorporate practical tips designed to help you make a difference in how you lead and live. Now I am proud to share that Frenesis is the official podcast of the International Leadership Association, an association that is near and dear to my heart. ILA brings together leaders and those who teach, study and develop leadership, advancing leadership knowledge and practice for a better world. Learn more at ila-globalnetwork.org. If you like what we're up to, please click subscribe so you can stay up to date as we release new episodes each week. You can also share what we're up to with others. And now, today's show. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. This is a first. I have a guest outside, so you may hear a little whooshing in the background, but that's totally cool because Kat Schreier is here today, and she is... Uh, She's many things. She is a scholar. She's an innovator, a designer, an educator, visionary. She's a game player and she's a creator. She's an associate professor. She's an associate professor and director of the Play Innovation Lab and director of the Games and Emerging Media Program at Marist College. Kat, that's a lot. <laughs> she she is a an individual who has just this really cool knowledge of games. And Kat, I'm excited for this conversation. I had a com I had a discussion or a podcast episode with a gentleman named Bruce Avolio. And Bruce, for decades, has been Really just at the, the leading edge of leader development and that whole space. And he's really gotten into what he's calling gamulation, which are simulations and gaming. And I co-founded in 2015 a leadership competition. And so we use a lot of games and this last year online experiences to help create that competition. So your area of expertise, a friend of mine sent along your information and I jumped right away and I said, I need to speak with Kat because her knowledge, I'm sure is very, very cool. So welcome.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and I do like doing all the things, so I'm, (laughs) that's me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh, that's great. That's great. Well, Kat, your undergrad was Amherst. Your grad was MIT. Your PhD is Columbia. Are are were they in this space of gaming and game design and that whole area of of exploration?
0: Well, I don't want to tell you when I went to undergrad, and I but I could I will say that they didn't have any such thing as gaming programs back then. Yeah. Uh, but by time I got to MIT for my masters, they were starting to talk about educational games, which is when. I really got inspired to continue to work on that. And prior to going to MIT, I'd been working in the educational media space for a few years, which is why I was super interested in the power of media to teach and to inspire and to help people grow. And then going to MIT helped me realize that, you know, my love of games um, coupled with my Um, excitement and interest in educating people, um, could really be actualized. And that was, you know, a a wonderful time to be at MIT. This was 2003 to 2005, because that was really the start of people thinking about using games for education. And it was sort of like the hot thing, right? Everybody was like, oh, I got to get into this. This is very interesting. And so it was, it was just fun. You could go to these conferences and everybody was, so excited and so enthusiastic and you were kind of like, you know, in the start of things. And I've, but I've continued for the last over 15 years now um, working in this field and, you know, the, the ups and downs of it, you know, some people are like, Oh, it's not, it's not up, up to snuff, right. It's not as good as we had hoped it would be. But I, I think the thing is that, you know, like everything, it's complicated Um, there's a lot of potential, but then there's a lot of limitations and drawbacks of using games for learning.
1: Yeah. Well, I was saying to Bruce in my episode with him, my son literally while we were recording was outside of the, the, the room playing, I believe it was Fortnite. He was playing and, He's on a team, five or six people. We were talking leadership and gaming. He's on a team of five or six people. He's kind of giving commands, helping coordinate the team as to what needs to be done. And I thought to myself, if we just latched on some leadership education, (laughs) I mean, it's all happening. All of those team dynamics, all of the leadership and influence, trying to influence his team to move in a certain direction. It's a great platform from which to... And there's so much energy for it. I mean, as you know, they can be addictive, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I just published an article today for the conversation about five civics games, uh, games that support civics and things like you said, leadership and resource management. And one of the games I talked about is Fortnite, because you are you really have to. Prepare for survival. You have to manage resources. You need to communicate with others. You need to think about, um, you know, the different resources that you have and how to um, make sure that you have enough for for the whole entire game. And right. And there's also other kinds of things that happen. Like they had a like a Black Lives Matters conversation in um, Fortnite last summer. I mean, there there's a lot of different kinds of ways that people are using. Um, these games like Fortnite and Among Us and World of Warcraft. yes. Yeah, so even games like Fortnite, Among Us, Minecraft. These are games where you're managing your resources. You have to communicate with others. You might be building stories. You might be building actual ob- you know, objects and buildings in the game. And these are games where people are really practicing c- civic discourse. They're practicing... Play and creativity, self-expression. They're learning how to be in the world. They're learning how, literally, learning how to shape their world through shaping a vi- virtual world, and that is helping them to be civic, you know, part of the civic world.
1: Yeah. Well, you mentioned you mentioned. Um, oh my gosh, Minecraft! You mentioned Minecraft, and so my daughters. Is- both of them are just fascinated by Minecraft and when they show me these worlds they've developed i mean the creativity is absolutely incredible so i think i think you're right so many different i mean whether it's design and space or whether it's coordinating with others resourcing strategy a lot of those topics are embedded in these experiences so Give us a one hundred and one. How do you think about this topic? If, it, if it maybe the longer ver- maybe it's a long elevator ride. <laughs> but how do you think about this space in in your uh, in your research? What are you finding?
0: Yeah, so I think the big takeaway for this is that we are learning when we play games. We are learning through play. It doesn't matter if it's specifically an educational game or it's a game that is like Minecraft or Fortnite that is, you know, maybe has educational benefits, but isn't specifically made for education. We're learning and we can't help it because play is civics. Play and, um, you know, playing games is civics. Gaming is civics. We are engaging with our world. We're interacting with a virtual space and understanding how we govern it, how we interact with each other how we empathize with others, how we show compassion. We're learning that through the play that we have in these virtual spaces. Now, there are limitations also. It's not just learning and growing and and getting inspired. We have a lot of limitations, too. For example, take Minecraft, right? There's research that says, you know, on the one hand, you can express your identity through Minecraft, and it's you know, a wonderful space to really explore who you are and what you want to become. But on the other hand, it's also very limiting. And who is represented in Minecraft and who isn't represented? Who are the people that are excluded from those spaces? And so the research suggests that Minecraft is just like another civic community where you could be excluded based on your identity. And that's unfortunate. We need to find ways to support all different kinds of identities and perspectives in these virtual spaces.
1: So the big takeaway, What's a, what are a couple other takeaways? How else do you think about this topic?
0: Yeah, so I think that games are really helping us to practice ethics, ethical thinking, ethical decision making, making choices. So for example, uh, for my dissertation at Columbia, I did my research on Fable 3 which you wouldn't think of as like an ethics game it's not an educational game but it is a really fun role playing game where you play as a prince or princess or king or queen of a magical world called Albion and you have to make ethical decisions about what happens in that world so everything from do you drain a lake in the in the world and what are the consequences of draining it or not draining it or do you build an orphanage and you know make those choices for your for your world and what's interesting is that the the non-player characters those virtual little characters in your game will respond and react to the ethical decisions that you make which has an effect on you. I mean, you really start to think, oh my gosh, I need to really think about these ethical decisions because it has an impact on this virtual world. And you start to get worried about them. Like you start to really empathize and care about these characters. You really get immersed in that story world. And it helps you because, you know, when I did this research, people were really spending time thinking about these ethical decisions. They weren't just choosing things. They were really thinking through them. For example, there was one guy who every time he made an ethical decision in the game, he would call up his dad and talk through the pros and cons (laughs) of the decision. And he really wanted to make sure that he made the right decisions, and he really wanted to reflect on those decisions with his father. So not only did he really practice ethical thinking, he also was connected more to his dad because he really, you know, had those interesting ethical conversations with him and he got to understand his dad's moral perspectives too
1: oh that's really cool yeah that's really cool yeah and how about leadership anything come to mind or any any well, other games or findings from your research
0: sure so i mean leadership right so you you know For example, in that game, Fable 3, you are the leader. You're the one who has to make decisions for this entire world, and you have to see the consequences of those decisions. You have to experience them. So you are really having to be a strong leader who is not only, um, trying to be that role model for your world, but you also have to be listening to your constituents, right? So you have to be listening to the the people and what they want, right? You also are gathering multiple perspectives and gathering evidence. There's another game that does this really well called quandary. And in quandary, you are um, in this new society called Braxos, and it's on a, you know, a distant planet, and you have to rebuild the society and make ethical decisions for your world. And so through that, yeah, you have to actually gather evidence, you need to talk to different people in this world and find out what they think and compare and contrast. And then based on that, you have to make what you think is the best decision. Now, there's multiple decisions you could make, right? There's some decisions that maybe are, are you know, slightly stronger, or slightly weaker. But what they, what the designers did that was really interesting is that they give you points not just on making the decision, but they give you points on how you think through the decision. So how did you use evidence? How did you compare and contrast evidence? How did you decide if something was an opinion or a fact? And how did you use that in making your decision? So it's not just the actual decision itself, but the decision-making process that's valued in the game.
1: Kat, how have you incorporated these these experiences in your classes? Have you? Have you played... Fable 3 in class and, and and had it as an assignment. Have you explored that yet?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually teach a class called Ethics and Gaming oh. at, at Marist College. I want to go to Marist. <laughs> super fun. Yeah, it's such a fun class, right? I love that class. And so... I do everything in that class, you know, from having them play games like Quandary and Fable 3 to creating our own games, right? So we actually make our own games where people have to make ethical choices or they're maybe about some kind of ethical issue that's happening. We also talk about ethics issues in gaming, right? So every week almost there's another issue that's related to gaming that we discuss and we think about how that, um, how that applies to our own design work or how that might apply to. The kinds of issues that we are grappling with as humans, um, we're also, you know, not only that, but trying to com- create our own community in the class. Right. So the the class becomes a community of, um, you know, thinking about values and thinking about ethics and thinking about, like you said, leadership and how how we can become better leaders in the future.
1: And what kind of feedback do you get from the students? Is this the most popular class at Merritt? We, we, you know, I can imagine my 18-year-old brain being like, we're going to play games? Okay.
0: You know, it's funny because a lot of students, it's it's a big shift because some of them will say, wait, so we're playing games like Among Us in this class? Like we're just going to hang out for an hour and playing Among Us and interpret it and talk about the ethics of communication and trying to figure out who the imposter is. And among us, wow, okay, this is not the class I expected.
1: But I had a course at the University of Minnesota. This is like the 1995 version of this. But you know, so my roommate comes home and he says, hey, there's a there's a course. It's called the cinema of Albert Hitchcock. You watch Hitchcock movies and then you just write two papers. It's the best. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Well, you know that's the one class I got to be in that semester <laughs> because you know I knew nothing about film studies. It was a whole world, and it's a complex world. And I imagine it's the same that you experienced with some students, at least.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean we do take games seriously, right? It's you know we we are playful and we have fun and we you know love to talk about games and it it's a silly and informal class in a lot of ways. But we do talk about serious issues. I mean we. You know, we learn ethical frameworks like we talk about hedonism and um Kantian ethics and utilitarianism. I mean, these are like major ethical frameworks that we apply to games and we write papers and do presentations and we, you know, get really excited about, you know, taking a serious look at the ethics of games. But on the other hand, we, you know, there's there's something to be said about being experimental and playful and you know, trying on new identities, and trying on new ethical frameworks, and trying on new moral perspectives—that helps us to grow as people.
1: That's so interesting because you're exactly right. I mean, I may choose to play the game for a period of time as an unethical leader, and I get to experience how others experience me, what ramifications that has, and in a way, it's it's a practice field in some in some ways to think about it. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely. The, these games are helping us practice what it's like to be ethical thinkers. You take a game like Fallout, right? Fallout 3, you can play as kind of like a, a pretty bad, bad person, right? You can, you know, set off bombs and you can, you know, shoot people, to steal things. And that doesn't mean that we're bad people in real life, but it's helping us to kind of go through the motions of what it would be like to be a character that maybe does things that aren't quite right, you know, maybe are doing things that are, that we wouldn't agree are ethical in our everyday lives. And when I teach... Uh, an ethics class. It's not about like, well, here's what's right and here's what's wrong. And these are the things that we have to follow. It's more about exploration and experimentation and application and really decision making skills. It's really practicing those important skills that you can apply to the situations that you come across and that you encounter. You're not going to be encountering the kinds of things in Fallout 3, hopefully, because we're not in a post-apocalyptic world and killing zombies and, you know, underground for hundreds of years. That would be bad. That would be bad. (laughs) But you might be addressing those kinds of, um, you know, decisions about how to manage your resources or, you know, who to help or, you know, what kinds of times do we need to break rules to support people in the ways that we need to? And those are the kinds of things that you could practice in a game.
1: Hmm. Kat, this is a whole world I know so little about. And and what I would love for you to spend a little bit of time discussing for me and for listeners, what are some entry points? How How for someone who is just really a novice in this whole space, I don't even know where to go to start playing Fortnite. I mean, my son could tell me. So I, I do know, <laughs> but Fable three, I've never heard of it. A uh, fallout three. I've never heard of it. So what are some a uh, entry points for listeners to begin exploring this, this domain?
0: Yeah. So I don't think games have to be complicated. Some of the games I mentioned are the kinds of games that you would find. Maybe if you, downloaded steam and you could download the game through steam or you could you know use it on your you know an xbox or a playstation but it doesn't need to be uh, even a an expensive game right you can start there's so many games out there that are free and easy to download um there's games like Mission US which is a series of historic moments where you can relive the moment as a historic character and practice ethics and leadership skills through the choices that you make in those games. Totally free, created by um, WNET Channel 13. You just go to the website Mission US game and you can download it through that. Um, there's, yeah, and even games like I mentioned, Quandary, totally free, open to the public. Go to the Quandary game and you can play it through that. And then there's games, you know, there's a lot of games that you can play on your phone that you can download through an app store. But there's, there's so many riches even online. Um, in my book, We the Gamers, How Games Teach Ethics and Civics, I talk about a lot of free games. Um, yeah, so there's plenty of games out there. Parable of the Polygons is a really nice interactive simulation where you can see right there in, in your browser, um, how individual biases can influence and affect in a way that causes systemic bias. Um, So even, you know, even things like that, you know, you could see how your individual ethical decisions can have systemic consequences.
1: Well, what's so exciting about this whole space is, again, whether it's Fortnite or whether it's Minecraft, and I know there's a couple different versions of Minecraft. My my daughter was talking about one where it's more competitive, but you can look at it through the lens of – Equity and inclusion, ethical decision making, leadership, teaming, problem solving, strategy, negotiation. We can just start going down the list of literally all of what we teach when we're discussing the topic of leadership. And it's there, it's embedded, it exists. And we don't necessarily need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars developing these. They've been developed, but we can use them as tools. And look at our topic through that lens, right?
0: Yeah, and it doesn't even need to be a digital game. Like, for example, in my ethics and gaming class, I created a game in five minutes that I play with my students that just involves them trading pieces of paper where they've written an X or an O. And depending on the rules of the game, they might trade it in a way that's more collaborative or that's more competitive. And you can see how just the rules of the game can influence how you treat other people and how you might work as a team. And again, non-digital, in-person, using some scraps of paper still can be like a really valuable lesson for the students, and it could be very memorable for them.
1: Talk a little bit about that. Are there some analog games that listeners could explore that you think also nicely get to some of these topics.
0: Oh, absolutely. So one of the famous games right now is Pandemic, right? It's a a board game where you're playing together as a team, different roles related to pandemic relief. And you have to make decisions and you're almost playing against the board, right? So the, the game is the enemy and it keeps like causing a pandemic to happen. And you need to work together with all the other players to try to mitigate the pandemic that is, you know, going all through the world. And it's a great board game for, you know, tre- you know, um, working on communication skills, cooperation skills, role-playing skills. It's good, you know, leadership because you need to be really working as a team.
1: Kat, I, I have a funny story about that game. So we were in Bend, Oregon, probably... Th- two summers ago, okay? And we went to this, it was a shop where they had games, and you could get a beer, and you could sit and play board games. And so there were people in there that were really into this, and then there were people just out for the night. We were there with our children. So at the time, I think they were probably like, you know, 10 and 7. And my son pulled Pandemic off of the shelf, and, and we started trying. And you know you have small children you know what that's like it's we aren't going to you know learn this in the next 10 minutes and just get going right so it was so hilarious because my wife and i finally looked at my son and said look i don't think we can play pandemic and he got very upset he was like i want to play pandemic <laughs> and so we pulled connect four off the shelf and played connect four and about a year ago we looked at my son and said so how do you like pandemic <laughs> you've played it now <laughs> in real life and <laughs> so it was just it reminded me of that story when you mentioned that game but i imagine yeah you're you're working as a team to try and minimize and mitigate the effects right
0: yeah it's a really really fun game it's actually hard to win sometimes like you can play on like different levels and yeah. the first couple times i played, we all lost, right? And that's the fun part about it is you either all win or you all lose together.
1: Mm. That's wonderful. Any other tips of analog games that come to mind for you that that you've experimented with in the classroom?
0: Yeah. So actually, I'm always playing games with the students and a lot of them are board games. And sometimes I have my students make their own board games. So for example, we've made a number of games uh, about fake news, right? So so i have my students make their own fake news games where you have to figure out which of the players has the you know the fake headline who's trying to trick everybody else with their fake news headline Um, or we have we've made board games about actual like news events like when there were fires happening in the west of united states we were made some games about that Um, so it's kind of interesting not only to play some of these board games But also the act of designing them helps you to really have to think about the skills that you want the players to play. And you have to practice those skills, too, in the fact that you're communicating with your team and working together to design something together.
1: Yeah. Well, it's really interesting because, as I mentioned, a colleague and I co-founded a leadership competition. And one of the most challenging parts of that is designing activities That meet a bunch of these different decision criteria. We can train people quickly. It's a low supply. It's a low cost supply. So there's all of these decision criteria that we have to, we can see the leadership concepts we're looking for emerge. We can see all of that. And so I have incredible respect for how you think about the world and how you think about these activities because it's not easy. It's not easy to design. But I imagine there's some really, there's some good resources out there about some principles to accelerate that process because right now we have no knowledge. We're just kind of putting these things into practice and then play testing them and and then putting them into the competition if they're appropriate.
0: Yeah, well, in my book, We the Gamers, I do have a list of design principles that people can use. You don't have to use all of them, but you could think of it as a toolbox where you can kind of take it out and try it on and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, put it back in the toolbox. Um, So some of them are, you know, things like collaboration and role playing and um, using evidence. But there's, you know, I have like 30 different principles and then, I yeah, and then I also created um, a white paper called Designing Ourselves. And that in that white paper, I have principles for making empathy games, too. So, again, all different kinds of principles that you can kind of mix and match depending on the kind of game that you're creating.
1: Kat, this is really cool. As soon as we get off, I'm going to be ordering we the gamers on amazon and for my team that that is helping to design some of these activities that we're going to be doing for spring 2022 because I think we need that knowledge any final thoughts you want to share with listeners about games about gaming about this space is there a large community in uh, in higher education, that what's the what's the association that you're a member of? And I know there's an organization called NASAGA that I've heard of, but what are you a member of, where people could learn more?
0: Yeah, so I used to be a member. Uh, well, I'm still a member. I used to be the president of the Learning, Education, and Games Special Interest Group. As part of the IGDA, which is the International Game Developers Association. And we did a lot of work. We uh, published three different books on learning, education, and games, all free to download. And you just, you know, search for that and search for my name and you'll find it and you could download it. Um, yeah, so, you know, lots of work there. Um, but there's a lot of, there are a lot of people working on these kinds of e- either educational games, uh, Games for u- use in higher education, games for use for K twelve. Um, there's a lot of us, and I hope that you'll join us and become part of our world. Well,
1: and I hope I imagine there's just subgenres, right? Like escape room experts, and
0: <laughs> yes, definitely there are definitely escape room experts, e- experts of all kind, VR and AR experts, um, people who are focused more on um, live live action, LARPing, um, role-playing games in the classroom, and many more. If you're interested in getting in touch with any of us, please, please contact me, Kat Schreier. You can also um, go to my website, karenschreier.com, and check out more. Awesome.
1: Okay, Kat, I always wind down these conversations by saying, what are you reading, listening to, streaming? What have you I watched something really interesting last night. It was on HBO Max and it was it was called Oh now I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up. Oh, LFG. And it was about the women's, the US women's soccer team and their lawsuit against US soccer. And that was just an incredible. Uh, that's another, it's another example of where here's something that exists and we can look at it through the lens of all of these different topics, ethics, leadership, teams, any number of different topics, problem solving. And it just really stood out for me as something that I'm going to use in the classroom for sure. Are there any other, what have you been listening to streaming or watching? It doesn't have to do with what we've just discussed, but what's caught your eye recently?
0: There's something very interesting that I want to check out. I haven't had a chance to yet, but it's called We the People on Netflix, and it's kind of like the new Schoolhouse Rocks. Do you remember the Schoolhouse yep. oh, Rocks yeah. from oh, when yeah. you were a kid? A yeah, right. So it's like a new version of that where they have it's like musical guests, and they have um, but but focused on civics in the classroom in for today. You know, the today's today's youth, and. It looks really good. I can't wait to check it out. We the people. Okay.
1: I'll put that in the show notes. I will put connections to you in the show notes. I will put all of that information there. And uh, Kat, thank you so much for joining us. Our first outdoor guest, which I love. I wish I was there outdoors with you, but uh, we still are doing this digitally maybe somewhere down the road, but thank you so much for the work that you do. You're doing very, very cool things. I want to take your class. (laughs) You should.
0: (laughs) You should. I actually, last year I did my class on discord. So you could have joined in. (laughs) Wow.
1: That's so cool. I have to learn what discord is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And steam. (laughs) Those are some
1: starters. But I'm going to I'm going to buy the book and then I'll learn a little bit on that, on that. Well, I would love to have you back and continue the conversation someday, but I hope you have a wonderful rest of your summer. Thank you so much for being with us, Kat.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. Okay. Be well. Take care.
1: So I have that feeling and it's that feeling of kind of standing in front of this whole area, this whole body of knowledge I had this feeling when I started guitar, I'm not good, but I started. (laughs) And when I started studying and exploring technologies enabling disruption, and when I started this podcast, that feeling of there's so much to learn, and I'm kind of standing at that edge. And directly after recording this summary, I'm ordering Kat's book, We the Gamers, and I'm going to start that learning. Because I think there's something here. There's there's so much opportunity to capture and to use some of these things that have been developed. We do it with film. We do it in many other areas in our teaching. And I think this is just another space for exploration, a ripe space for exploration. So, Kat, thank you for spurring that that in me. And thank you for the work that you do. I think it's pretty incredible. And again, whether it's, and I know you're using, Kat, this content to really explore ethics and civic discourse, ethical decision-making. Again, each one of these experiences have embedded in them literally every topic we discuss as leader educators, communication, navigating stress, influence, problem-solving, any number of other topics that we could probably link back to. This topic of leadership. So excited to explore. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you're well. And uh, share with me what you're learning, what you've found, what resources you're using. And I can make sure to mention those in future episodes. Bye bye. You, my friend, have just finished another episode of Phrenesis Practical Wisdom for Leaders. To get in touch with me, visit www.scottjallen.net or send me a note at scott. At scottjallen.net. I can also be found on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Now, if you have feedback, I would love to hear it. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Phrenesis. If you like Phrenesis, I have a second podcast. It's called the Captovation Podcast. That's with an O, -o Captovation Podcast, where I speak with experts on the topic of designing and delivering incredible presentations. And now, Kate's twin sister, Emily, with the outro.
0: You've been listening to Phronesis, Practical Wisdom with Scott Allen.